This is the 394th episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast, the podcast from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution that gives you everything you need to know about the Atlanta Falcons. I'm D. Orlando Ledbetter, the Falcons beat reporter for the AJC. We're going to title this episode, The Falcons March Onward to the Draft. We're going to hear from Calias Campbell, General Manager Terry Fontenot, and Coach Arthur Smith in this episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. If you're listening to us for the first time, please make sure to follow the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Bowtie Chronicles from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Ocean breeze, tropical beach, pina colada. You can buy an air freshener to make your car smell like you're in an oceanside paradise. Or, better yet, you can point your car toward Daytona Beach and come experience the real thing. Visit DaytonaBeach.com to discover all there is to see, do, and enjoy along the world's most famous beach. Daytona Beach, Florida. Beach on. In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. One of the Falcons' big signings during the free agency period was defensive end Calais Campbell, signed a one-year, fully guaranteed $7 million contract. Here's Calais Campbell on why he chose the Atlanta Falcons and what his role will be on the defense. When I first met with him, uh, Arthur Smith called me, and uh, we had a really good conversation. And, um, you know, I've... I've uh, got a lot of respect for him for my time in Jacksonville when he was with the Tennessee Titans, and we competed. You know, and I always thought like his system was one of the hardest to, um, was one of the hardest to, um, uh, to to kind of study. You know, like I, I pride myself on being a guy that can study tape really at a high level, and so um, but and play Tennessee's and he always had the toughest Tennessee breakers and stuff. So I always I just respected his offense. And then we had a conversation. I really liked his vision for the team. You know, I really thought he had a, a, a great game plan. Uh, for you know where the team is at right now and where it's going, and um, I really feel like uh, you know it's going to surprise a lot of people this year. This team's going to be a, you know very um, a very uh, competitive, tough team. Going to win a lot of ball games. You know, and my role. Uh, they told me my role would be um, you know uh, honestly one of the other things I liked about it a lot is because they said my role would be uh, playing true DN, you know, playing on the edge on first second down, which was very appealing. And uh, kind of that Cam Jordan type of, they didn't say Cam Jordan role, but like based off of like the defense with Ryan, uh, with uh, Ryan Nielsen, you know, it looked like uh, that Cam Jordan kind of role. So it was very appealing to me. You know, I did a lot of research, you know, and I felt like I can go and do that at a high level, you know. And obviously, you know, I mean, there'll be a rotation. You know, they, I don't expect to play, you know, more than, you know, I think, you know, 60% of the plays, I think would be kind of kind of where, I'm, where I see myself playing. But just, you know, just being a, 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 a veteran leader, you know, going out there, giving everything I got, you know, being a force in the D-line. But, you know, Arthur Smith said he wanted a, a violent D-line, you know, and I could bring a lot of violence, that's for sure. Calais Campbell admitted that the Falcons were not on his list at the beginning of free agency. But Falcons coach Arthur Smith stepped in 
gave him a call and changed his way of thinking. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, most of the decision came to the football stuff, but uh, it definitely, uh, you know, it's always, I mean, when you get the, the you know, the, the owner of a football team calling you and, and, and telling you, uh, you know, that he believes in you and what you can do for the city and, you know, and I mean, that's going to have, a, you know, a big influence on you, no matter who you are. And uh, we talked and we had a great conversation and uh, the off the field football stuff was huge. You know, he told me pretty much. Uh, that uh, whatever initiatives I want to do in in the city, you know, from a from a um, foundational standpoint, that he'll get behind and support, you know, full tilt. And uh, you know, I mean, this, I just you know, that's a big part of, of of who I am and making sure that I make my presence felt off the field. And so, you know, being able to partner with uh, you know the Falcons Foundation and, and do some great things, um, you know, definitely uh, played a role. But you know, this decision was based off of football, though. You know, <laughs> definitely football. You know, I, I think that the team's gonna be a really good team, and I want to be a part of it. Now, Calais was in a uh, a good situation. He uh, wanted to interview the teams that were interested in him. So we uh, discussed what questions he asked the teams before making a decision. I pride myself on like really going and diving deep and doing a lot of research. Yeah. This process, you know, was a long process, you know, I mean, relative to how it normally goes. And so I had, um, you know, a lot of time to kind of go through and do some research and talk to people and, you know, really get a feel for how things are played. I mean, I watched tape on, you know, on Desmond Ritter, uh, you know, and I watched tape, you know, with actually with with the coaches was kind of funny, um, you know, because you don't really get that that often. But I watched tape, you know, I watched, um, you know, uh, I mean, uh, the whole process, I'm watching, you know, all the guys, you know, for all the teams yeah. I'm interested in. And doing my research, I realized that, um, you know, I mean, well, I guess the question you're asking is what questions I asked. I mean, the biggest thing was, you know, um, you know their vision for me, how they yeah. plan to use me, you know, um, uh, uh, where they see I can add value, you know, uh, you know, uh, and, but honestly, I think I know where I add value, right? I know what right. I can, who I am. The biggest thing more so was what they, how they viewed me, you know, what they, what they, how, how they want to use me. And where you know, where they saw I had value, you know, but um, you know, a lot of the questions were specific about you know their team and their vision and and uh, and, and where they were going and like just you know, I think the other day you know I had a lot of teams that were interested in me you know and uh, <laughs> kind of funny because last year I was a free agent and uh, you know it was a, it was you know I had some definitely a lot of teams that were interested but it was a lot less you know yeah. teams compared to this year you know and so it just this you know what a difference a year makes right. Uh, but I mean, it was a lot of teams that you know, sent offers over and, and, and made, um, you know, made me feel wanted. Uh, but when it came down to it, you know, and I did my research and stuff, you know, I mean, this place was on par with who I am, you know, and I think that uh, I kind of like that, uh, you know, the underdog mentality where nobody really believes in you. Nobody really gives yeah. you a chance. But then like you see, you know, the, the you know, poise, you know, for opportunity to break out and have a big year. You know, and I mean, obviously in the NFL, there's never, you know, I mean, you know, you look at the strict of schedule, stuff like that. And, you know, it's like, you know, I mean, it's the NFL, every game is a tough game. You, know, you never yeah. really have an easy game. Uh, but, you know, I mean, this, you know, this team definitely, you know, plays in, um, you know, in uh, in a division I feel like is wide open. They play in, a, you know, a conference, you know, that, you know, is, is you know, I feel like, you know, it's just you get to the playoffs as the number one goal. And once you get the playoffs, it's anybody's ball game, especially yeah. a team that plays good defense, can run the ball, that's playoff football. And so I feel like this team, you know, definitely has a, you know, if Ritter continues to continue to develop and be who I think he can be, you know, I mean, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if we're playing late in January and potentially February. All right. One of the questions around Calais Campbell is, you know, he turns 37 on September the 1st. 
right before the start of this season. We just want to know how much football does he have left in him? I feel like I got a lot in me, you know. I feel like I can play a lot of good football. Uh, I go through um, uh, a very tough offseason program to make sure I'm prepared and ready. And then I have a, a team of people that I work with to, you know, keep me going during the season. And a lot of that is nutrition and, you know, and everything else as well. And, um, you know, based off my, my history, you know, which only I can go off of, you know, I feel pretty, pretty confident I can go out there and play a lot of plays. Now, you know, if you take away like the, the, the injuries, you know, obviously that's part of the game as well. Uh, but last year I was on par to play uh, about 70% of plays. If you, uh, if you take away the injury, like 68% of plays, if you take away the injuries, but I missed three games. So obviously it went down looks, you know, the numbers, you know, I think I played like 55% or whatever. But, um, you know, but, uh, you know, that sounds about right. 60%. I think I can go out there and give you a high quality 40 plays a game, you know, at a very high level. You know, I mean, 35 of them are going to be elite plays in my opinion. So Now, Calais Campbell, he was the original second round pick by the Arizona Cardinals, has put together a fine 15-year career, uh, 99 sacks. He says he thinks he could play into his 30s like, Reggie White did, Bruce Smith, who's a mentor of his, and also Julius Peppers, who went to 37 uh, uh, in the uh, National Football League. So we will see uh, just, uh, you know, how much football Calais has left in his uh, 37, soon to be 37-year-old body. But he's been around the league. He was on that Cardinals team that, uh, beat the Falcons uh, in 08 uh, uh, in the playoffs, Matt Ryan's rookie year. He went to Jacksonville for a few years, and he's been in Baltimore the last three years. So we wanted to know what his perception, uh, you know, of the Falcons or his perception or what the perception is around the league about the Atlanta Falcons. I feel like it's heading in the right direction. You know, it's, it's trending in the right direction. Um, I think that, uh, you know, when I talk to guys and – you know, uh, going through that process of, you know, I mean, you know, because I, I feel like a lot of teams are on my list where people, teams that a lot of, you know, outside you know, outsiders would would consider like, you know, real contenders. Um, but uh, I, you know, I think the people inside the NFL, the people I, I trust as advisors, you know, I think they also realize and see what I see as well. You know, that this is a team that's up and coming, uh, that has great potential. You know, and um, I think that, uh, you know, I mean. Obviously, you got to stay healthy, you know, and, and, and build with, you know, and build more depth. That's, you know, then that's, you know, going to be Terry Fano's, you know, responsibility. But, you know, I think uh, the last couple of years, they, you know, they were in a bad cap situation, you know, and they had to offload and, you know, recreate and rebuild and, you know, and, and they drafted well. You know, I mean, uh, you look at the draft picks, you know, you got, you know, you got some guys that, that, uh, that they hit on, you know, and so, um, I think that plays a big role in this. And then now you're able to bring some big fi- uh, you know, free agents in and uh, again, next year they're going to be loaded with opportunity to bring uh, big free agents in as well. And um, so I think uh, it is interesting. You know, I think this, this, you know, you talk around the league and just ask, when, my, when I talk to guys, a lot of guys were like, hey, man, you know, Atlanta, Atlanta is a good, you know, I mean, they're, they're building something, you know. And the question is just how long will it take, you know, to, to, to get there, you know. And that's the question I had to ask myself. You know, because you know, I'm you know, you know, uh, only you know, I, don't know, I mean, I don't know how many more years I want to play. We'll see. I, I did, I do know that uh, I'm playing. I, I got good football left in me right now, for sure. And uh, but the question I had to ask myself was, you know, is it going to be this year or is it another year or two away? You know, and based off my my research and my studies, you know, I felt like it was this year. So you know, I mean, I, I you know, yeah, I, I got to trust my gut. You know, I think 
you know, uh, I'm a football guy. You know, I, I understand the game at a high level when I watch it, I pay attention to it and I'm willing to put the work in to understand it, you know, uh, you know, in the current climate and where we're in right now. And uh, when I did all my research and I, you know, put the time and in, 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 um, in hours in, you know, uh, I mean, Atlanta, Atlanta, it made sense. And so, uh, you know, I'm really happy. I'm happy with the decision. All right. Before we got out of Phoenix uh, last week, we had a chance to sit down with Falcons general manager Terry Fontenot and, uh, you know, discussed several, several, several topics with the general manager. Uh, we had, um, you know, he spoke at the combine, but, you know, free agency has been underway. They did, a, you know, a lot of signings, a lot of rebuilding, a lot of guys uh, coming on board, a lot of guys not being retained. So several, um, several topics to discuss with the general manager. So we're going to uh, hop around here and get right to some of those uh, topics with uh, General Manager Terry Fontenot. Here's what he had to say on Desmond Ritter being named starting quarterback. We always talk about, you know, it, it, it starts with the makeup and it starts with who you are. And um, we have a lot of confidence and belief in, in the person and the, the natural leadership and the competitor he is. Um, he's a true winner. He's, he's shown that. And so um, we have a lot of belief not only in him, but we have a lot of belief in our team. And, and our coaches and how we're going to develop people here and, and how we're going to play defense, how we're going to play offense. And we believe in team. You know, teams win games. It's not about – it's never going to be about one individual. So it's it's belief in him and who he is and belief in our, our team and our plan. Of course, one of the biggest signings was Jesse Bates. He um, – the four-year, $64.02 million deal, $36 million of it is guaranteed. Here's uh, what Terry Fontenot had to say about Jesse Bates. Again, starts with the makeup, but he's he's been a productive player. Um, he's a well-rounded player. We, we, we talk about smart, tough, versatile, and that's what he is. He can wear a lot of different hats for us, um, so you don't have to fit him in a, in a box, and he's going to impact players around him. Um, and, again, we know him well when you have overlaps. You know exactly what you're getting in the player. So, um we go into free agency and we're not going to say, okay, these are the specific positions we have to get or these are, you know, we want to get good football players um, that fit what we're looking for and who's one of those. Now, you know, the uh, Falcons, uh, you know, did not have much salary cap space, took the league on dead hit. And, uh, you know, the former administration, you kind of hear it out of them a little bit. You know, it's like, hey, you know, they didn't have to take those hits. They could have played with the players that were under contract and let them just fall off the books gradually. But um, some of this was strategic by the uh, new administration. They didn't like the players, so they cut them. And that made them have to take on the, the dead cap hits. And it was pointed out to me by one of the former administration uh, uh, numbers people. It's like, hey, well, they know how to do this. Uh, Terry comes from New Orleans. They kick the bucket down the road every year. So if they wanted to keep the players, they could have kept the cap in a better spot. But they didn't like the player. I mean, they got rid of him as soon as they got here. Fowler, just go down the whole list. Uh, last year, all four of those contracts were shaved off, and they decided to, uh, you know, live with the dead salary cap space. Now they got money, so uh, they were able to spend this year. So, you know, the two, you know, it was two different ways to approach it. The uh, previous administration thought they had built a pretty good team. Uh, the new people came in and thought, yeah, maybe not so much. Uh, we're going to tear it down and rebuild. So it was 
I don't know why they never would say was rebuilding because that's what it was. And so they didn't want to live with those contracts. So they, they ate them and now they got money and they're trying to spend it wisely. Uh, and here is Terry Fontenot on the process of negotiating with the amount of cap space they had this year. Really, it starts with the pro staff, right? So we go through the whole process it's throughout the whole season and they're grinding the tape and, and we're going through the, the players that we want to bring in. And then you have the administration staff and they're working through, uh, okay, what's going to be the anticipated salary? What are the comps? Where do we expect the market to be? And so before you even get to the negotiation period, you want to have an idea of what your range is. And, okay, hey, this is the – these are the ranges for all these players. And it's a lot of work, a lot of exhaustive work that goes into it. And you figure out what that range is, and you have to set parameters for yourself and know where, where you're not going to go outside of. It's not about having money and trying to spend all the money you have. It's about getting the right deals done. Because um, we didn't want to. We wanted to make sure we stayed at discipline in that sense. So, but we're with, uh, with Jesse and with all the other players we signed, we believe that they were in the range of where we wanted to go. And one of the themes early in free agency was, hey, it looks like they're adding up the middle. And, and, you know, they did do it that way with David Oyamata, Caden Ellis at linebacker, and then Jesse Bates at uh, safety. But then, you know, they throw in Campbell and some other pieces here later, Mike, Mike Hughes, uh, Tate Davis. And so it, was, it wasn't necessarily an up-the-middle plan that they had. He said they're going to add wherever they can, you know, find people to come help them out at. And so, um, you know, here's Terry Fontenot on adding to each level of the defense. We wanted to add to each level. Um, and it's, you're right. It's, you think about uh, David and um, what he can do now. I would say with David, he's versatile. and We can move him around the defense line. He can play some different spots. And mm -hmm. same thing with Caden. You know, Caden, you look at, I know you know this, last year he played inside backer uh -huh. and he played on the edge. Mm -hmm. um, we played outside and, and he showed he was productive in both areas. So we could put him at some different spots. And, and again, with Casey, he can play in the box, he can play deep. Um, so we're able to add on each level, but we added those players because we felt really good about who they were and what they were going to add to the team. So we never want to put ourselves in the box and say, this is exactly what we want to do, but it kind of worked out that way. Now, one of the glaring omissions so far in free agency is that uh, the leading tackler from last season, Rashawn Evans, has not been re-signed. He had 159 tackles to lead the Falcons. And so right now that would um, that would elevate Mikael Walker back into the starting lineup next to Troy Anderson on our depth charts. Uh, but, you know, we don't know if they're going to play that, um, you know, 3-4 uh, well, they think they will on rundowns, and then we'll see what uh, Nelson does uh, with the nickel packages and stuff. So, but yeah, so they're down their leading tackler hasn't really haven't really replaced him unless you count Caden Ellis or Tay Davis uh, as the replacements for Evans. Now, you know Evans is it's a little you know he has a little history. He was a Dean Pease guy, fell out of favor in. Tennessee and uh, came here kind of resurrected his career and uh, you know led the Falcons in tackles but hasn't been um, hasn't been a busy market for him in free, free agency here but here's what Terry Fontenot had to say uh, when we discussed uh, Rashawn Evans and if they are planning to bring him back him like a lot of other players there's guys that we love to have back 
Um, and, and it just depends on, it's all a part of it. Some guys you got to be patient with, some guys that are going to end up somewhere else and they might make more money somewhere else. And we've already had a couple guys that have gotten opportunities somewhere else. And for us, it's bigger than ball. You know, we have to set the parameters and know what we're going to do with players. But when guys get a deal somewhere else, whether it's for money or just a better opportunity, we're going to be happy, happy for them. You, you, you know, so Rashawn, like a lot of other guys, they have to go through this process and figure out what's best for them. And, um, and, and they have to do that. This is the Bowtie Chronicles from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Ocean breeze, tropical beach, an air freshener can make your car smell like paradise. A drive to Daytona Beach will actually get you there. Beach on. Plan your trip today at DaytonaBeach.com. The AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC. We're back here at the Bowtie Chronicles podcast, and we want to welcome you back to the Bowtie Chronicles podcast from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. I want to take this time to, again, thank everyone who subscribes to the AJC and the AJC.com. It's what makes all of this possible. Now, if you haven't joined our community yet, we have a special deal available right now for listeners to this podcast. You can get an unlimited digital access to everything the AJC has to offer for the next three months for just 99 cents. That's all of our stories on AJC, our terrific e-paper, and all of our newsletters, including Bradley's Buzz from legendary columnist Mark Bradley. That's just 99 cents for the next three months. So to take advantage of this offer, go to subscribe.ajc.com backslash podcast. That's subscribe.ajc.com backslash podcast podcast so you always know what's really going on all right we're back here we're going to move on with our general manager terry fontenot close up with arthur smith and then look at some of the salary cap numbers from the uh, nfl pa database we got everybody's numbers and they'll be i'm just going to touch on a couple because uh, they are they'll be uh, printed in the cover nine at nine blog which comes out uh nine a.m. on Wednesday mornings. So we won't go line item, but we'll just hit on a couple high points there. But Terry Fontenot, um, you know, one, we, we'd heard, you know, been out at AJ's uh, track meeting and so forth. We're hearing things about the fifth-year option. Uh, so we wanted to discuss that with Terry Fontenot on the potential of picking up AJ's fifth-year option. Yeah, you, you always want to think a few years ahead, right? When you're thinking about your plan, everything you're doing, you're affecting. So you want to think a few years ahead. And so with, with AJ, we obviously have that we, we can pick up the fifth-year option. That's what we did last year with Chris. We picked up the fifth-year option and obviously extended him um, the following offseason. So with AJ, we have to just sit down and determine um, how we're going to proceed. But love AJ and love everything he does. All right. His options going to be $12.3 million. They're going to pick it up. Uh, probably try to follow uh, what they did with Chris Lindstrom. Uh, they picked up the fifth year, then did the extension the following offseason. So that's where we're at. Uh, you got a good player. You got a cornerback. You got to keep him. It's real simple. The guys who can play, sign them. 
The guys who can't play, let them go. Uh, and, you know, he's shown that he can play. Here is uh, Terry Fontenot on Mike Hughes, a former uh, pick of the Minnesota Vikings. He's uh, been signed to come on and take over that nickelback spot. Again, we have overlaps with him. Uh, Jerry Gray okay. uh, drafted him and, uh, and, and so knows him well. And, and he's a talented player. And, and you're right, he's had some injuries, and yet, man, he's talented. And you put on the tape right now, Led, and you see him flying around the way he competes. Again, a versatile player that can play in the slot, he can play inside. And because that's not easy to, to do that, you, you have to wear a lot of different hats. You got to be tough. You got to be able to pressure and blitz. You got to be able to throw your body around the run game. You got to be able to cover the quick slots, but then sometimes you can get the big guys. Sometimes you get tight end. So he can wear a lot of hats. He can play outside. Um, so we like the player. And again, when you have overlaps and coaches that know him well, that's important. Now, one of the things they um, talk about is the multiplier effect. When you bring a player in, is he going to make your other players better? Is he going to be able to uh, lift the other boats around him? Now, they clearly think Jesse Bates can do that to the secondary, make even A.J., Terrell, and Richie Grant better players. Up front, David Oyamata should be able to help out Grady Jarrett. Here's Terry Fontenot on how David can help out Grady Jarrett up front. Yeah, man. Oof. He's a, he is a, a violent, powerful, physical player. Again, you put the tape on him, and he's fun to watch because of the, the, the violence and anger he plays with. He, he's a disruptive player, whether we're talking about the run game or, or pass rush. And sometimes people just look at sacks and, and that. But he affects the quarterback. He affects the quarterback because – and he gets the quarterback off his spot. And so whether it's producing more sacks for somebody like Brady or for someone on the edge or for other players or whether they're just getting them off the spot and the quarterback has to get rid of it earlier and he is going to affect the quarterback. He's going to get him off his spot and he's going to affect it. Again, you got to earn your right to rush the passer. So you got to be good on the early downs or you got to be good stopping the run. And he's a guy that's going to be good at that as well. And he works. He's a competitor. He's got a good makeup. So we're excited. All right. The Falcons had a uh, pretty uh, good uh, sign in there and little speedster Scotty Miller from Bowling Green and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You know, they uh, they did not sign Demir, re-sign Demir Bird or Alameda Sakias yet. So Scotty Miller is going to have a shot here to make the team as one of the uh, speedsters who can blow the top off of defenses. Here is Terry Fontenot on signing Scotty Miller. Excited to add him to the mix. You, you, you know, he's got some He's quick, he's athletic, he can run, and um, he's shown the ability to make plays. So um, they came together pretty quick, and we're excited to add him to the mix. Yeah, when you get the uh, GM and you got a, you know, a list of questions, limited time, you know, you try to get through as much as you can. One of my uh, uh, curious questions from last year is, hey, you know, Jalen Mayfield, what are you going to do with him? He started 16 games as a rookie. Didn't play at all last year. Had this kind of murky back injury thing. Didn't play at all. Uh, came back up. Didn't uh, they used up his 21 days and never made it to the roster? So um, you know, where are they at with uh, Jalen Mayfield? It'll be ready to roll once we start this. That's a good question. Uh, again, we talk about versatility, and 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 we'll see. Um, obviously, finish the year, and, or we had him in guard but um that could be something I'm, I'm sure as we get all the players here and know what we're doing you can uh you know art can sit down with the coaches and decide where he wants to put them but but he'll be ready to roll for the offseason program 
All right, so I'm suspecting that they know if he can play or not uh, after two years with him, the former third-round pick out of Michigan. You know, if you if you missed on him, you missed. Go get somebody else. Uh, if you think you can play, give him a shot to uh, earn that spot this year. You know, if he improved from, from year two to year three while not playing, then, you know, hey, more that was maybe a good move to not play him last year. Then um, if you kind of know that he can't play guard, that, that didn't go too well, uh, maybe put him back at tackle where he played at in college, and maybe you can, you know, salvage him as a uh, backup swing tackle. But we'll see how uh, they play with Jalen here uh, over the offseason and uh, if they decide to, you know, try to salvage his career here. All right. Now, you know, you see in the reports that, uh, you know, Anthony Richardson's coming in for a top 30 visit. Figures to be gone by the time the Falcons pick at eight now. That's the popular belief. And uh, we saw where the Falcons had met with him and uh, C.J. Stroud at the Combine. So, you know, I think they're doing their due diligence. But here's what Terry Fontenot had to say about the quarterbacks available in this draft. There's some good players there, and, and, and you're not going to be surprised if, if um, before we even pick, if a lot of those guys fly off the board. Uh-huh. Um, maybe there's players sitting there for us. You just really don't know how it. So that's what we always have to prepare for everything, uh-huh. and, and and that's why look we we bring players in to visit and we spend as much time as we can with them. Um, sometimes we go out and see them. Sometimes we bring them in. We just do it different ways. Sometimes we might not. You can never look at. Uh, what we do leading up to the draft and think, okay, that's saying what, because you just never know. You know, we want to spend as much time and exhaust every option. But um, but there's some good some good quarterbacks, uh, different flavors in this draft. All right. And we heard from uh, Arthur Smith there, you know, every different scenario uh, on with regards to Lamar Jackson. Okay, they're not interested. Uh, he asked for a trade. Uh, you know, they want to stay away from other people's players. It's not really tampering because he's a free agent. You know, so now, uh, so the only other thing is like, hey, what if things change? Can you get back in there? And so uh, Arthur Smith, here's what he had to say on if they would be open to signing Lamar Jackson down the road if things change. Any potential move that we're going to make around this league at any position, uh, whether that's uh, – Six corner, maybe a, you know your, your backup gunner, maybe your backup nickel player. I mean, you're always looking to improve your roster. I mean, it's a constant evolution. Your roster's never done. I know, like you can ask D. Led, he tries to make a, a depth chart now for for week one. It's not going to happen. So you're always looking for ways to improve your team. So I think dynamics change every day, at every position, at every player. The marketplace changes, and you're always aware of it. All right, before we get out of here, uh, we want to just wrap up here with the Falcons free agency tracker with regards to all of the NFL PA documents. Uh, one note came out is that Taylor Heineke's deal, they said it was uh, supposed to be uh, worth up to $20 million, and, and it might still be, might be some incentive clauses that we don't see on the front of the, the facing part of the database. But uh, his deal on the books is for two years worth $14 million. So uh, the incentives and so forth for, must be uh, in there. But we um, on the books is two years, 14 Kles Campbell's whole contract is guaranteed all $7 million. Uh, backup, uh, Josh Miles. We just received a note from him about a uh, tumor being removed from his neck. 
and, and uh, they caught it on the MRI and so forth. So we'll, um, you know, investigate that. And, uh, you know, uh, I think that came in from from Oligar, 7standarddigital.com. 7star Digital sent us that information about Miles, and we'll check that out for you. Let's move forward into the offseason. So uh, free agency, no, other numbers here. Miles had a $352,500,000 guarantee, which I thought was big for a, a lineman that, you know, hasn't played a lot. Uh, and then uh, Mike Hughes, he was, he's being brought in to replace Isaiah Oliver. Mike Hughes' contract was two years, seven million. Isaiah's was two six point six five million by the Niners, so that was a wash. Uh, they paid a little bit more for the nickelback, and uh, Mike Hughes over the converted nickel Isaiah Oliver. So those are some of the uh, numbers. Uh, you know, uh, just wanted to double check. We wait for them to post an NFL PA because a lot of people agents are throwing numbers out because they want to get their name and out there. But uh, we have all the official numbers for you in the Cover 9 at 9 blog. Uh, like, for instance, Oyamada's guarantee was 24.5. And then we got the dates they were all signed on. Uh, you know, uh, Joe Gazzano was one year 1.01. He didn't get any guarantees. So that was uh, that's kind of a tip on, on where he stands on the roster. Uh, Scotty Miller, 1.2 million contract, only 152.5 signed, uh, a guarantee. So, uh, you know, you can go through that list and see, you can kind of see where they, what they think of the players based on the contracts and the guarantees and so forth. So all that is in your cover nine at nine. Now, just the guys who left. We keeping track of those. Isaiah Oliver to the Niners, Abdullah Anderson to the Commanders, Mike Fort. Uh, he got a nice guarantee from the Browns. Uh, Chuma Adoga, he got a, a, the basic uh, from the Cowboys. Uh, Rashad Fenton, he got a little bit guaranteed money there too. All right, so with that, we're going to get on out of here. The 394th episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast, the Falcons march onward to the draft. Thanks for listening. Ocean breeze, tropical beach, pina colada. You can buy an air freshener to make your car smell like you're in an oceanside paradise. Or better yet, you can point your car toward Daytona Beach and come experience the real thing. Visit DaytonaBeach.com to discover all there is to see, do, and enjoy along the world's most famous beach. Daytona Beach, Florida. Beach on. Hip-hop is a product of black people. It's a product of black song and celebration. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution presents Hip-hop's most pulled elements are pulled from the South. A Southern hip-hop store. We always go back to that moment of the Source Awards. Everybody wants your rhythm, but they don't want your blues. The biggest names in hip-hop. Atlanta is still the mecca for hip-hop. 50 years. No one can deny. One film. The power of the South now. The South got something to say. Streaming now at AJC.com slash hip-hop.